Hello, I'm Craig Seibert, and I'm here with Misty, Stephen, and Phil, uh, our regular group of people all on one, uh, all in one video. And we're the hosts of Meet Me at the Table. It's a podcast that focuses mainly on Christianity and how it's lost us personal connection to people. Uh, but we want to leave the table open and discuss other areas as well. And we tackle issues like women in leadership roles in the church, acceptance of those in the LGBTQ plus community, or racial indifferences. We set the table for all sides to be heard and in a respectful manner. Yes. So before we go into today's topic, I kind of want to segue to, since this is our real first time all being together, Phil, how you doing? Steve. Any major, any major updates or any anything going on that you would like to talk about? I, nothing major. Well, I guess uh, just personal news. I completed my very first full sleeve Ooh, I saw the post on that. Jones. So, yeah. that so beautiful. I should be getting some really um, good photos here in the next couple of weeks of that. But that's uh, my yes. first ever sleeve, and now I want to do my next arm, and I feel the debt increasing. So, <laughs> I know about that. I know about. Are that. we going? That's... Are we coloring in? Or are we leaving black? No. So this go. Uh, I think I'm going to stay black and white or black and gray on both sides, even on though sides. this one has a little red dot, but yeah. Oh my God. Their video, um, <laughs> like, like skip play pause. That's awesome. That kind of stuff. Yeah. That, tattoos are awesome. So expensive as we all know, but that's awesome. That's a cool, that's yeah. a good update. That's a good update. I, one day we'll be there. Um, I, I thought that I was done until my friend said these dots uh, that are here. And if you're not watching on YouTube, go to YouTube to, see our sleeves uh but they said that this <laughs> this does not count so i have to fill those in because I, I i have to make it count um so they will one day be filled in um but awesome uh misty how about yourself any update any how are you doing no it's it's been a rough few weeks to be perfectly honest um and craig will probably echo this sentiment but we've had some some ongoing family issues with our our son and you know if you're out there and you're the praying type that we could really use some good juju right now uh, for some resolution with all of that. It's um, teenagers. Yeah. Enough said. 15 and anxiety do not go together well yeah. at all. Oof. Uh, so we're talking all about the I, I'm pretty sure I was a perfect teenager. You know, yeah. I had no emotions. Yeah, I obeyed my parents so well. Like, mm -hmm. didn't sneak out or didn't go any, any weird places or anything like that. Never. Never. <laughs> I was perfect. We all know. Yeah, I never took my parents' car on Sunday night when they were at Sunday school. <gasps> <laughs> Sorry, That's mom, good. if you're listening. So, so that my parents were where it was a manual, so it was easy. You could just push it as far as you needed, and then just jump in and pop start it. So pretty. Easy. I mean, not that I did that. I'm just saying it was. No, so you, so you, Stephen, you just, how are you doing? How how's oh, things going you, for you? Things are good. You know, this type of this time of year is is really busy for me. We got uh, my wife's birthday. We got our anniversary of when we got married, my daughter's birthday, and then our anniversary when we dated. So much happening. But you know what? It's a great time of the year. Just so much. Don't don't look at me that way. You always <laughs> have to celebrate the day that you're starting to date as well. Mm -hmm. Sure. Have to. Mm. Congratulations. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So the subject of the day is. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we go on, Craig, how are you doing? Any, any update? How, how are you, how are you doing? Just same as you. I'm, I'm, it's been really busy. And like, like Misty said, it's been really, um, a rough two weeks, um, dealing with help, trying to help our son. I mean, you know, he's going through a lot at this age and, and trying to find help right now is just almost impossible. Oh my goodness. Um, it's a nightmare. you're looking at a two to three, sometimes six month lead time to get a talk to a psychologist or psychiatrist, oh goodness. um, out there. So it's really kind of hard wow. to get him help he needs immediately, unfortunately. So, so that, like a virtual, um, even, yeah, even virtual, um, we found a couple wow. local that, that were willing to do it, but some of them are still even two to three weeks out. Um, even for virtual, which is odd. So, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess if you think about it, maybe it's a good thing that it is taking two things. Maybe it's a good thing that it's taking that long because people are actually going to therapy and getting psychiatrists and all that stuff. But it's a sad thing because there's not enough people to be able to help that stuff. So right. two, yeah. two, two things there. But yeah, the, the topic of this 
uh, episode. So last episode, if you've not been able to listen to uh, Lola Robin's story, go ahead and listen to that sto- uh, to her story. Uh, but we asked her a question. Uh, me and Misty asked her a question, which was, what is church? And I have been pondering this question a lot lately, you know, since leaving really in quotation marks, the church, again, I still listen to a church virtually, but leaving the actual physical building of a church. Um, and again, since this, I've been told that virtual is not really church. What is church? So I've been pondering this question and I kind of wanted to pose this question to you three and then just have an open dialogue in this table. So let's start with you, uh, Phil, what is church to you? Um, I mean, yeah, that's a question I've had to, obviously that was like one of our first things we had to like tackle when we left church was like, what, what does even church mean to us at this point? Cause yeah. you know, we did take like a conscious step to step back from like church culture in general. So like we kind of took a break from like even watching sermons and that kind of stuff. So it took more time to like read books and, you know, find information on, on your own kind of strategy. Um, so like kind of starting to consider maybe a church environment. Um, yeah, like I, I've been thinking like, does it mean, does it have to be this building that we have to go to every week to just kind of get a refresh? <laughs> like to me, church just kind of feels like this weekly refresher where then you're kind of then guilted into spending more time and more money to this thing <laughs> that is more, mainly just to kind of benefit um you know, your personal faith and to help other people in the community. If that's, if that church is doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, so, but I also see the Bible when it talks about, you know, where, where two or more are gathered, you know, that's where the body Mm -hmm. of Christ is. So like for me, like even right now, like our podcast of meet me at the table, this is a form of church. I, I believe we're fellowshipping together, talking through things that are important to each of us and other people that we feel is important to other people. So, um, and it's beneficial for everybody. And I think, I think that's what God ultimately is striving for us to have is a community of people, um, that are helping each other and helping other people outside of that community. And I, yeah, I, I just, I don't know if we should put church in such a strict box, you know, square shaped yeah. building box, <laughs> you know what I mean? What- which is something you kind of mentioned in your everyone has a story too about the box and stuff and it's interesting you say that that this right here this dialogue right here is 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 uh is you know fellowship or is the church because it's kind of what lola robbins had said what this is church right here and and that's something that really struck me i even though like i completely agreed with her i don't think i had thought about that this is church Uh, until she said that i was like oh yeah wow that's that yeah this could be church well, you're, helping. I always... you're helping someone you're helping someone through faith so yeah trying to us coming yeah well trying to yes and even myself yeah. i think this is again i mean I, I i don't know you you all can either agree or disagree with this like maybe sometimes this podcast is for myself as well to be able to grow and learn and, and understand and hear people um you know again we're not here to 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 be this grand podcast that goes, I'm sweating, man. Um, but this <laughs> grand podcast that, that goes big, we're here really just like, we're, we're enjoying the, the, this time of just being able to hear people's story. Um, but well, Craig, I, 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 think, about to say something. Well, I just, I, one of the things that you pointed out, Phil, is something that I feel gets glossed over way too much. Uh, that, that verse of when two or more people meet mm-hmm. and you take that to the lowest common denominator. He says two. He doesn't say when five or more people meet or when 15 or more people meet. He says two. So that means that when I call Stephen or we talk on on just, you know, just when you and I went to breakfast, when you asked me to, to go meet you for breakfast and we sat down, that's what I consider church or helping. And it felt great. Meeting. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and like and I before said, you- good. Before you go on on that, and again, I, I know I mentioned this last podcast, when we discuss, when, when you and me went out to eat, 90% of the time when someone in the church says, let's meet up, it is, I'm going to convince you that you're wrong. When me and Craig went out, <laughs> Craig was asking me how I was doing and just listen. And, and we just talked about life. We talked about the Bible. We talked about um, our, our journeys in the church and stuff. And it was no convincing that I was wrong. It was saying, Hey, I'm validating your hurt. Um, here's this, here's this. It's not like, Hey, you need a change. Like 
this is what we need to become more accustomed to of when we're in the church or when we're, you know, let's say when we're in the church building and we're reaching out to someone saying, Hey, let's meet up. Let's meet up and actually just listen to people or talk to people, not convince them that they're wrong. I think that ability to ask questions, even if you might not have the popular opinion in a judgment-free zone should be part of whatever church is. Yeah. Well, I, I'll, I'll drop the bomb back on Phil and, and ask, <laughs> so do, do we need a church? Mm. I mean, do, do we really need the politics behind what a church is today? Yeah. Or is, do, do we redefine it and do we put all of ourselves in two or more and, and just leave it at that? <laughs> I, you know, the only way I can think of answering that is like, it's a two-parter. Yes, we need the church. Do we need the church that we have made it out to be now? Absolutely yeah. not. Makes nope. sense. Yeah. Um, you know, I um, I know Jesus also met in the temple and out outside of the temple. But at the same mm-hmm. time, when he was in the temple, he was trying to use the temple in a more effective way than the Pharisees were because he wanted to actually witness to people in the temple, not just take people's money like the Pharisees did. Um so like when you try to defend the say like we don't need church and people say well even Jesus met in the church but he did but you're kind of just like glossing over the like overarching like goal of Jesus's mission in the temple like it wasn't just for him to go to church and you know he, he went to hang out church. have donuts and coffee yeah. at the social hour like it was exactly <laughs> he went to church he went yeah. to a church and then he met <laughs> it wasn't going to a church to meet he was going yeah. to a church and then he met with people <laughs> Exactly. What like there are some people that church is going to a building on Sunday morning with a hundred other people and listening to a worship band and watching a preacher give a sermon. And, you know, I, I think that that's still quote unquote church for a, a lot of people. And mm-hmm. they may not have any desire to change that because that's how they get their connection or fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And the church, the modern church today does not foster a good individual like relationship with God. Like they don't encourage uh, a faith that really hinders on your own personal relationship with God. Like they always have the, yes, it's a personal relationship, but you need to, you know, make sure you're tithing, but you need to make sure you're, um, serving in the church you know, in the hands and feet all that kind of stuff um so like me leaving church has actually boosted my relationship because i feel like i'm making the relationship more about me and god instead of me and the church and god and like how that all like you know what i mean like that's i think that's, that's big where i'm at that's big and i want to go back to that maybe before uh, maybe at the end of this episode like of where like hey now that we've kind of all left the church what have we seen? Uh, but before that, I think one thing that's interesting is that you brought up the Bible verse about when there's two or more. In my notes, I had told actually Missy yesterday I was going to look in the Bible about Bible verses that support about the church. And I started doing that today. I took about 30 minutes of starting to dive in what the Bible actually says about church. And as I started going and running down things, I said, fuck this. Why, I'm not a theologian. I, if I start talking about what the Bible says about church, people are going to come be coming at me and saying, that's not actually what the Bible says. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. So I went back and I said, you know what? I just wrote down when there are two or more, because to me, that that's really what church is. We can talk about what church is and what church is this and that and that. But the biggest thing I started Googling was that the actual first church that was known about in, in, um, in history was about 200. It was about around 200 after Christ was death, uh, death. That was like the first known church was out of like Jordan. Uh, prior, it was all always talked about temples, not really churches. So the modern day church, the first modern day church was known about 200 years after Christ's death. Mm-hmm. Where have we evolved since then? And where can we go back? It seems like in the church, when Jesus was speaking with, you know, the disciples were speaking with, with, uh, with people, it was more in like, uh, at least the way I saw it in the Bible, it was always in the open or it was about on a mountain or it was in other areas. It was on the open. It wasn't an actual physical church building. So mm-hmm. let's kind of go to that. What, what do you think the church and Phil or um, Craig, you kind of dismissed them. What do you think the church really should look like today? 
if it's not a building, what should the church look like today? And if anybody wants to join on this. Well, I think that's going to come back around to <laughs> another episode to defining what a pastor is. Mm. Because if you've got somebody standing at the front and who is educated, uh, who has been through seminary school, who has studied his and spent his time in, in churches, I think that's leading a church. Well, I'm not sure if you can break it down to let's have a meeting of five people and then one pastor. Uh, I don't know if there's enough yeah. pastors out there to do that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And and I th I fear that if you, my idea is to grab five or six people and put them in a group. And those five or six people are, you know, live with each other and, and share lives with each other and talk with each other and pray with each other. And it's small groups. We've, you know, if we've all been at a church, we know what the, the small groups are. Um, but I think the separation away from the building and putting those five or six people together without a pastor is also a dangerous route. It's a, it's a route where they're, you know, they may be able to study on their own, but then there's really kind of no one to guide them. So I don't know that that's maybe it, you have to come back to see leaders, you know, who's the leaders, you know, where, where the disciples were going out and talking to people that kind of stopped after a certain point. And then they just started writing letters and then just started sending mm -hmm. messages to people and telling them what they should and shouldn't be doing and trusting the people in those regions. And they kind of got out of hand as they, as you saw with a lot of Paul's mm -hmm. letters and stuff. So I don't know. I think if you're going to reform the church, you kind of got to reform the structure as well. Uh, you know, from top down, that's just my, how I feel about it. That's a good, well, that, that's good. I, I, I agree. I mean, I don't think I could live with five other people. I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> Two or more is what you need. I got my wife. Uh, I got my kids. So that's, we got five here. Yeah, I'm good. You, mm -hmm. you have a church. Good job, Stephen. We got, I built, you know, people always joke, like you're building your own soccer field. I'm building our soccer team. I'm building my own church right now. And I'm good. I got two or more, five total. We're good. Uh, Phil, what about yourself? What do you think? Like, uh, you know, modern day church. Um, how do you think it should be structured? Or what do you think, you know, what do you think? <laughs> Oh my goodness. No that's, pressure, man. Um, see, that's tough. Cause like it makes, um, I've had good discussions about, um, like Steve, you made a good, not Steve, um, Craig, you made a good point about not like, Steven. not Steve, sorry. Um, <laughs> I've done more episodes with you, Steve, technically <laughs> like one, one more. I don't know why that makes it harder for me to remember. <laughs> um, so we, we talked about, like you said, like, um, like a small group of five people that are leading a church, you know, that kind of, you know, don't, you know, how it could be dangerous to not have that kind of guidance in that kind of scenario. And it brought up the question of like, okay, so should churches technically run under denomination? So they have that guideline that, you know, that kind of plumb line of where they should, oh, because yeah. I think non-denominational churches, the, the, what we see today is kind of, what started this downward spiral of seeing mm. this Christian nationalism that we're seeing, because um, <clears throat> even though like the non non-denominational churches here in Des Moines, a lot of them favor the SBC, um, you know, kind of doctrines a little bit, but they kind of are able to pull themselves away enough to be like, we're non-denominational. We don't really like, we just, um, and it allows for a lot of, weird things to happen that really don't happen in other denominations not like you know obviously like catholicism and all that stuff has their issues with abuse and all this kind of stuff but it's just um yeah like so like then you gotta tackle okay like what denomination is technically has the correct um uh process that you know is more beneficial to people's faith and like um there's so many variables to like what would make a good church or what church should be today. Um, and I always come back to it. Like, I just feel like it's a personal um, thing to digest of like, what does church mean to me? And then I think a modern church should be able to accept people without having to try to force them into a certain type of faith. If yeah. that makes sense. Um because I feel like churches are too focused on like making sure you're practicing your faith in the way we practice our faith, because you go to this church because you need to fall in line there. Um, it doesn't really foster like people like 
people who deconstruct are off, often pushed away because we start questioning this or that and this and that. And so it and just um, churches don't really allow for that kind of um, environment. And I think that's what I think the modern church should be really more accepting of people's doubts and questions and just allowing them to run with those when they need to and not be so focused on uh, get back, get back. <laughs> like you're going um, yeah. to hurt yourself kind of thing. So, yeah, that's a, that's a tough question. I, I don't know. That was like my way, weird roundabout way of trying to answer. That. <laughs> no, I, I think it's tough. It's, yeah, tough for, it's tough for churches because I think a lot of times they, as we've seen, they pinpoint to Bible verses and they go, this is the way. So like they look at doubting Thomas and he doubted so many things and they go, well, so if we have the deconstructing community, they're doubting. So they're just wrong. No, we're just questioning things of, I don't know how deep we want to go in this conversation, but when you look at someone that's a MAGA supporter and again, I, I can say this because I was a MAGA supporter. I voted for the man the first term and I finally, thank God, I opened up my eyes and saw the issues there. But when you have somebody that's just so focused and pinpointed on, on one thing, you open your eyes and you see, where am I going with this? Downing Thomas. Sorry. Give me a second. I, I, I sometimes go in a rant and I don't know where I'm going, but we're here. We're back on page 10. Um, Misty, what about yourself? What do you think that the church really should be structured? Like uh, Phil was just talking about, I've never even thought about that though, about the whole, you know, non-denominational kind of, I don't know. I was, when he said that, I was like, wow, non-denominational really is a denomination. Like, I feel like that's a, just like a, one of those things, like I'm not, it's just like one of those things, like we're not a denominational. We, we have no really. Are you denomination? Uh, no, yes. we're not a denomination. We're not. <laughs> yes. no, we're, Agnostic to dominations? We're nothing. The... We're nothing. But sometimes saying nothing, again, as we've realized, when you yeah. say nothing, you actually are saying something. But so, Missy, what to you? Like this modern day church, uh, if we could take away this shit that we've had, what do you think that's, that, what do you think really the church should look like? Well, I think, first of all, I, no matter what you are looking for in a church, you should be able to find there's still going to be a group of people out there that share your beliefs share the structure that you want and have a place or a meeting or a venue some sort of avenue to believe and worship in that manner i think that's the most important thing first mm. personally um you know churches church is two things to me and neither of them have to do with a building. Um, church is community and church is me and God. It's my relationship with them, him, her, they, them. It's not me and a church, like one of you guys said earlier. Um, so, you know, I, I think that I don't know if anybody here has attended a Unitarian service. Anyone? No, uh, Jeremy. No, my brother, that or... yeah. yeah. My brother, Jeremy, who was on the episode, talked about it. Yeah, I think that, and, and please, I'm coming from a place of ignorance. I have not attended myself, but I think in the research that I've done, they're doing something right in that they mm -hmm. are inviting everyone of all faiths, of all walks, of all experience and wanting for a relationship with the spiritual into their place of worship to commune and mm. to do things for the community and create relationships with each other, whether you're on the same page or not. And I like that idea for church. Um, I think that should be what a church is regardless of what, denomination or non-denomination you are mm. so um, actually misty i wanted to ask you a question about church in terms of like how you view it as a as a woman because the church is notorious for patriarchal just viewpoint like men are the leaders women so i said the quiet power aloud i am so sorry hey hold on women are to submit respectfully to mm -hmm. the men and um I'm sorry. What was that, white man? I didn't hear you. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Let me. Um, 
not okay. All right. <laughs> but no, like. No, really, um, what it, was your question? I'm sorry. No, so like that really has interest me lately of like, because that was like some of my first questions when I started getting into deconstruction was like, why aren't women pastors? Why can't like we, I don't see this weird disconnect of men and women. Like they draw it out in churches. And so like, like what kind of connection do you get to a church when you're treated in that type of way? Because for me going to a white man, going to church, I always felt very welcomed and just, you know, cause it's kind of designed around me technically. So it's going to benefit me the most, you know what I mean? Like, so like, what's your experience with that? Yeah, that was, um, it's, it's, that's a great question. Thank you so much, Phil. Um, you know, when we were going through the membership classes at our previous church, which is where we met Stephen, um, there were two things that came up and one was your, the church's views and acceptance of the LGBTQ plus community and women in service. And, you know, of course the, the answers were very fluffy as they usually are, uh, very non-confrontational. Um, but you know, the ultimate answer was that women aren't allowed to teach in those roles. Um, you know, to be honest at the time, I just accepted it and moved on because I didn't know anything else. Hmm. I've never really attended a church where it was invited or accepted. Um, with the exception of very, very small, a, a couple of very small churches. We, you know, in the meantime, but you know, I, I never, because I wasn't personally trying to be in that role. Like mm -hmm. I just accepted mm -hmm. it. So the yeah. longer we were there, the more it bothered me, <laughs> um, especially going to school for the theology. And um, I was actually invited to teach at a, a, another church that we had attended for one sermon, which was, you know, awesome. But it, it wasn't, I knew that that wasn't going to be a career path for me, but it wasn't really one I desired. And so mm. I've, felt like I was there to serve in whatever role yeah. they accepted me. And I was okay yeah. with that. So I don't know if that answers your question, uh, but it, I mean, it does. Cause I mean, I've also felt like times of like, I've just got to accept it for what it is. And like, it's all, that's the only choice we have. And that happens a lot in evangelical spaces. It's just like, this is the way it is and kind of get in line or get out. And so, um, but yeah, just, that's um that's just it wasn't interesting personally but, yeah. affecting me and so i just let it go it's sure, you know? but sure it's exactly. that's un that's unfortunate and it, that that's really it sad is unfortunate that, it's sad because like imagine how things would how things would be different if if you didn't just have to accept well i'm not really welcomed in this corner um so i'm just going to accept that like imagine if you wanted to be in that corner and you're not able to cuz you just have to accept that the fact that you can't be a pastor or you can't be this but why like I, I don't get it. In the episode that me and Craig did with uh, with Kelly Matlock of Icon Church, I made a comment of saying like, "Where's the cutoff in in, in women leadership? Mm. Like, where where really is the cutoff?" Because I went to a Christian school and I was predominantly taught by women by women, so that's okay. Mm. That's okay for kids to be taught by women yeah, about biblical things by by Bible things. Um, <laughs> I can't recall now again this uh, I can't recall in high school being taught by a woman in Bible class. But again, for the most part, every class, even math and all that stuff, there was biblical ties somewhat brought into those classes. Mm -hmm. um, and it was taught by women. So again, like where's the cutoff? So once now uh, I, I've now reached puberty, so like that's okay. Um, but now when I'm an adult, like once I'm hit 21, now I can't be taught by a woman in a church. I, I'm, I know this is a rant, but it's like, it's kind of, it's, it's really to me confusing of where the cutoff for women in the church is okay. Because again, there it's okay for kids up to maybe 18 to be taught by a woman. Um, but above that, it's not okay. And then when we look at the Bible times, like David was what did they say? Like he was like 12 or 13 when he went up against mm -hmm. Goliath. He was a technically in the Bible terms, an adult. 
I don't know. It, to me, it's just so confusing where the cutoff <laughs> is for people, for men to be taught by women. Um, and sorry well, for that rant. I can, also, but... I can also tell you that, like, you know, even those, even though that wasn't a role that I necessarily desired, the roles that I did play on the worship mm -hmm. team or um, serving in, in the children's ministries and stuff, my opinion was very dismissed. I was easily mm -hmm. just kind of pushed aside. And, and look, I'll be the first to tell you, I don't always have the best approach to the, with those opinions, but regardless, it, it, you don't have to vouch for me. I was, I was vouching for it. <laughs> um, but regardless, I, it was still very dismissive. And I'm only smiling like, because of me too. Me too. Like <laughs> I do not have the best approach on things too. And, uh, but yeah. That's good. I, just, I, I guess the advantage of that is that I never took it personally. I just was yeah. chalked it up to being a woman and moved on. So I'll take yeah. that. I wish I wouldn't have for so long, but at the time I did. Yeah. As a, uh, as a new, as a newly like feminist person, like just chalking up to just being a woman, it's just part of being like, that is like just so fascinating for me to learn all those new experiences of like, it's just part of being a woman. I'm like, wow like it just yeah. blows my mind every single time like i just it blows my mind and but like that's just... that's interesting that that right there is interesting like why can't people just sometimes take a step back and go let me put myself in that person's shoes that racist shoes that uh that woman's shoes or whatever let's just say that trans shoes like just to be able to put yourself in the person's shoes and say what are they going through? Instead of just going, oh, well, they're just bitching because of their political views. And again, this is just first world problems here in America. But like, again, like that, that's like, we should be doing that. We should be putting people, we should be putting ourselves in other people's shoes to be able to say, what are they going through? Okay. This woman that just spoke up during church, uh, she shouldn't have done that. Number one, because that's what that's, I'm not saying that's what I say, but that's what most people say. Like, Put yourself in their shoes instead of just saying that. Like, why are they saying, why are they having issues with this? We don't question I, when a man does that. A white man. I think that's, to be honest, we don't do the, that. That's the, I, I think that is the fundamental basis for the church that needs to change. And that is that there is already, before anybody walks through the door, an established hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they treat everybody as such before they get to know you, before they know where you are on your walk, where you are with your faith, what you want out of church, why you're there. You are immediately put into a box and you're meant to stay in that box. From the and moment anything that outside of that, you. yeah, anything yeah, outside of that though, is not acceptable. And what's the point of saying a church is accepting of everybody? They want to bring everyone in. They want to be a diverse church, but then they also have an application process, a, a new members class. Mm. And you have to have a nice little conversation with your pastor just to make sure you're all, you know, melting together because that's good. I, I mean, like I just came from a church that was all about openness and all this kind of stuff. And they had a literally a six month waiting like period after you went to this new member class and you had to have all these, like meetings with elders and pastors and stuff. I'm like, like, don't you just want me as a member? Like what's, what's right. this whole rigmarole I need to go I'm not trying to be. A, yeah. I'm not trying to be a disciple right here. Like I'm just trying to be a member. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to go to church. I'm just trying to learn about Jesus. I, I heard uh, from somebody uh, recently that they were trying to become a member of church and they had to be voted in. And that to me was interesting. Mm -hmm. um, that is um, what do they call that? Um, um, I had the name for it a long, long. time ago. Short answer is long. It's, it's, it's long. It's it's every decision is voted on. Yeah, it's 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 survivorish. Um, it's it's just interesting. It's it's interesting to me that that's just accepted. Oh, um, garb. It's a garb. garb. It's a garb I, type church. I would have to Google what that means. Um, I'll it's usually like that. a very vote based church where they everybody votes on like yeah, decisions. It, so. I'm curious if the women get to vote equally with the men. Ooh, I can I'm ask. I'm gonna guess no, but <laughs> I can ask. I I will ask. I will ask, and 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 uh, following, I will let us all know this. That is that. That's a good question. That's a good question. Now, Craig, uh, you've been sitting there for a little bit. What do you think? Well, I, I've been sitting here a little bit because I, I, I know mean, you're I, thinking. 
I honestly think I've I've been thinking about this the wrong way. I I think when we were talking about denominations that something clicked that I don't know if we should be trying to change the church. I don't know if we should be trying to change what they're doing right now. I think we should just start forming the churches that fit what we think the church should be in our ideal. Um, and then that would either a make those churches be more, um, more visited people, more people attending, more people worshiping, and it would draw away from those ones that are doing it the wrong way. Um, or B, we would find out that maybe it's not the right way. Maybe it's not either the time for the, for it to start changing, or maybe it's just not the right way to go. But I think I've been thinking about this whole thing about churches is, is going in and, and restructuring them and, and, and taking away their, you know, their core beliefs. And maybe they need to open up their core beliefs or start looking at, at documentation on their core beliefs being wrong. And instead, I think maybe it just needs to, to, to evolve and, you know, through evolution, you're creating something new and that new thing either lives or it dies. And I, I think I've just been thinking about it the wrong way. I think I've really kind of put too much emphasis on changing what they're doing. And you, you, I think Phil said it best, you know, there's a bunch of different denominations out there. And when you start, you know, coming too far off, you do lose some of the, the structure. Well, then take that as, as a learning tool. If you've seen denominations that have spread too far, maybe that's not the direction you go. Maybe you come somewhere in the middle. Um, but I think Misty's right, though. It, it, it has to be accepting. You have to start from the foundation of creating a new church as being accepting of everyone. Every single person that comes to the door is exactly equal, their level. So I don't know. That's what I'm thinking is just maybe I've been totally thinking about this whole restructuring of a church the wrong way, that it just needs to be something else and see if that's going to survive and, and do it the right way. Well, it's funny. Like, well, sorry, go, go ahead, Phil. Oh, I was going to say, like, uh, in terms of, like, thinking of restructuring, the big last restructure we had in, like, Christianity and in religion was back when Martin Luther put the letters up on the doors of the church. Yep. What a, like, when you think about what a freaking simple way of, like, challenging the the Catholic church and the, you know, the nobility and all that stuff that was going on. He just put up a letter and let people read it. And it, like, shook everything. Yeah. So it makes me think of, like, what's a simple way that we can shake, you know, evangelical Christianity or the churches that we see that we think are toxic. Like I think the modern tools we have like social media and all this stuff, when we're like exposing Greg Locke and, you know, Hillsong church and all this like corruption that we're seeing as much as people that are really dedicated to those spaces, hate it. They also ultimately, I feel like they think like, yeah, that's probably not very good. Like they do the, like it's a few bad apples kind of thing, <laughs> but they agree that these are bad things. And so we continually, push that we continually push this is wrong we we all can agree this is wrong and this person is trying to push it off as holy or as of god um so that that's kind of like my thought on like how do we restructure church i think it's just challenging um what we see as an issue and just make it known because otherwise if we just leave and just kind of huddle into our own little um relationship and faith and like part of deconstruction for a lot of people, including me is like, I don't want to convert people. I'm just here to accept people for who they are. Listen to their side. I'll tell you what I know. And then that's it. Like I, I'm not forcing, I don't want to convert people. Um, and so I think if we take that same attitude towards the church, we don't want to convert you guys to our way of thinking. We just want to show you a better way what, of what it's done for you. <laughs> What, yeah. what your belief has done for you. And that's, I, I hate, what's the, the term you use when you, um, when you say what your, what your faith has given you, it's called, you stand what up and, huh? Hmm? When you stand up in front of everyone and tell everyone your testimony, testimony. testimony. <laughs> your testimony. So I, I think that, with a T. <laughs> <laughs> so I, but you're right. It's a good, really good point. And I think that, that when, when you're bringing people into a church or into a place where they're going to, you know, be fed the word or listen to music that your testimony really should be all it is. You're saying, what, what has he done for my life? I'm not trying to convert you, not trying to tell you that this is the way you should go, but I'm just telling you that this is what, what, what's been, what's happened in my life. 
if you want to read about it, great. If you want to just sit and listen, have have a nice day. You it's, know, enjoy. That's it. so funny because it to me it sounds like what churches always told us in the first place is that if you let that little light shine, people will be drawn to you. And it's kind of like that, except for without the judgment and the toxicity and the, the inequality and the bullshit. So yeah. Let that That's light funny. shine. I like let, that. Oh, yeah. Let that light shine. Hand out them hundred dollar gospel tracks. I could tracks sing it for you if you'd like. <laughs> okay. I hate those I like so it. much. My kids sing My kids sing that song and I'm like I mean, like, I still, like, smile when they say it. Because, like, it's something I did as a kid, too. And, like, it is cute. But, like, every time, like, I, I listen to a Christian song now, I, like, completely deconstruct it. I'm like, all right, let's think about this. Like, what does this actually mean? Like, am I teaching them something wrong by allowing them to sing? Or not allowing. I don't want to say allowing. But, like, letting them, like, continue this. But, sorry. While you were talking, though, about uh, non-denominational or saying, like, what's let's look at like kind of reconstructing the church. I Googled what non-denom like when the non-denominational church kind of began, because I was like, mm -hmm. maybe that's when the non-denominational church. And in my, what I thought was that the non-denominational church started like 20 years ago. Not really, but like recently <laughs> it was the 18th century. That was a long yeah. time ago. Yep. It was a long time. I didn't know that. I, I honestly did not know the history of the non-denominational church because I grew up Baptist <laughs> And around 15, went to a non-denominational church, but still didn't really know the history because I didn't really care about it. Um, so it's very interesting that it really was not that long ago. But then also thinking about that and and hearing Craig and Phil talk about like all the denominations, it's like interesting to think about like how Christians are always saying it's so easy to get to Christ. There's only one way to Christ, but we have fucking a thousand denominations <laughs> for people to go through, a thousand different fucking Bibles for people to read. And it's so confusing. We do not make it easy. We do not make it easy. There's so many different translations of what these verses mean to be able to get to Christ. When all this man is just saying is love your neighbor, love your neighbor as, as you love yourself. And then when we try to love ourselves, it's, it's, it's vain. How dare you love yourself? How dare you look at yourself and love yourself? Sorry, this is a major tangent, but this is something that I've been really bothered with recently. Mm -hmm. um, just seeing people struggle with self image problems. It's like, you got to love yourself. You cannot love Christ until you love yourself. You have to embrace your beauty. You have to embrace you before you can even love your, your neighbor. Cause God, that's what God specific. That's what Jesus said is to love yourself, love your neighbor. As you love yourself, you have to love yourself. Major tangent. I love you guys. Um, so as we, uh, as Phil already alluded to, and I said, I wanted to kind of conclude this with this episode is now we've kind of all walked away from the church building. We, none of us, uh, unless things have changed in the last week, none of us have attended a church building in a long, at least in a while. What have we learned? It's been a while. What have, what have we learned? Like what, what has it been good? Has it been bad? Uh, again, we're not trying, we're not here to try to say, Hey, F the church. Don't go to the church. That's not really our mission. Our mission is not that our, our mission is really just to talk and have a discussion and say like, this is what we've learned. This is what we've seen. This is what we've grown from. So I want to start with you, Craig, because you're you're to my left, and I'm going to read from my left to my right. Um, Craig, what have you learned from uh, since uh, leaving the church building? What have you learned? Um, I think it's it's a double edged sword for me. Um, I think Phil mentioned it really well with denominations sometimes getting too far away. Um, I think that your microphone's falling, Stephen. Um, uh, I think that <laughs> I've. <laughs> I have, um, I've drifted far away in, in certain things. And, you know, I kind of started this journey with being, with bringing myself a little bit closer, but I think I'm drifting a little bit further away, but I'm also learning a lot more. I'm learning a lot more of, of what, that, that, what my core beliefs before may have been tainted by the, the, the church I was in and the parents that I grew up with and not saying anything bad about them, but they, they had a certain belief. So I'm learning a lot about that, my history and everything, but I feel like I'm drifting a little bit further away, not hanging in that community. So that's kind of, that's what I really kind of learned from, from being away from the physical church itself. No, that's good. I, I, one thing I, I, I think me and you, Phil, can share this because I think we've somewhat discussed this. One thing that's really hard during this deconstructing is feeling of, I feel like we've discussed this if we haven't, sorry, but, and if you don't agree with this, 
just let me know. One thing that is really tough in deconstructing, um, and if any of you agree with this, uh, is feeling of disappointing your family or disappointing your parents um, because it, <laughs> it, it is how you were raised. You're raised one way of you need to abide by this. Um, that is one thing that I have struggled with is, is, is not wanting to disappoint your family because you feel like they, you want to follow the steps that your parents provided for you because you do look at your child and you go, you know, I was raised, I was raised properly. And one thing I, when I was speaking with my, with, with my mom about it, I said, you know, God had intended for Adam and Eve to obey and they didn't. But he found another way for them and he still loved them. Um, and he and he went with it. He went with it. Um, and, and and mom, dad, maybe I'm not obeying what you had intended for as, as a kid. You wanted me to follow the exact way, going to church every single Sunday and be able to tell my kids, you know, when my kids grow up, they'd be able to say the same thing. I don't remember a Sunday that I didn't go to church. I went to church every Sunday during COVID too. You know, I, I, I was faithful to God. Um but you know what, to me that, that, that's not church, you know, church, I wasn't getting anything from church. I, it reached a point of where I felt like church needed me more than I needed church. And I, and I, I know I texted you all that. And I felt so narcissistic saying that, 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 that I didn't, that church needed me more than I needed church, but it really is true. Like I was, if I was to continue to go to church. I was, it was bringing more harm to my family because I was so fucking frustrated going to every Sunday and being behind those curtains and seeing the shit, hearing people talk shit about everybody that walked through those doors and hearing people say, I wish that I can speak up. I wish I could speak up for the Black Lives Matter people. I wish I could speak up for the LGBTQ, but I can't because I'm in this certain position. I can't do it. I can't do it because then I will no longer lead. So I did it. And listen, I will tell you, it will lead you to no longer being in team A. I'm just letting you know, you won't be in it. But I had yeah. to leave. I had to leave. And once I left, I'm, I'm telling you, yes, it's so stressful because you, you, you're, you're leaving that comfort of understanding that your parents are so proud of you. You're leaving that comfort of knowing that your best friends that you've had forever will probably leave you. And I will tell you, they will leave you 90%. I laughed about this on my anniversary. 90% of the people that were at my fucking wedding. I don't talk to anymore. Why? <laughs> because I don't go to church anymore. Not that I don't talk to them. I would still talk to them. Most well, of them are turning me from Facebook. I know you're going around the horn. Um, mm -hmm. and wanted to kind of get our opinions on what we felt like after we left. Um, that led you into to what you just said, but now I'm gonna turn it back on you. You're, you'll, I'll make you next. What did oh, you learn? God. What have you learned? I've learned a lot. I've learned that I mean, I'm still trying to figure out the whole church thing. That, that is something that is really tough. One thing that I've learned is that church does not have to be a building. I have learned more virtually um, that I, let's just say this. My last Sunday and listening to a virtual church, we talked about how Lizzo brought me to church more than anything that was in the church service. They said that the pastor About said, time, Stephen. right. That's what I did in the group text. I did that in the group church text with the congregation. Unfortunately, damn was censored out. And I said to the pastors, what, what just happened? And they laughed, but they said, the church, the pastor said, I'm singing it with you. So I have learned a lot that the fact that you don't have to enter a building to get close to God. And while, yes, the comfort, the under, like when you're going to a building and you have a set schedule, you are able to stick to that schedule because you're going to that church building. And it's, and to me, again, it's another manipulative tactic because you don't want to be that person that doesn't go on a Sunday and someone bash you and say, oh, I didn't see you. Sorry. I, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just, you keep going because you don't want to feel awkward not going those Sundays. Listening virtually I don't feel that way anymore. I have missed certain Sundays and, and people know where I'm at because they follow me on social media and they see that I'm on vacation and I don't have to attend those Sundays. I do listen, be able, I'm able to listen back in those things. So I've learned again, I think the biggest thing for me to answer that question is that it's not a building. It is not a building. And when that person on Facebook, this pastor that posted about this saying 
they were talking about church and, and they listed all those things about what church can be. And they left out virtual. And I responded and said, Hey, forgot virtual. And he said, no, I don't think that's a, that's a way of church. Mm. That mm. really bothered, that really bothered me. Cause if I felt like you were kind of discrediting my faith, like what, you were what discrediting. What year is it? Cause 2022. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, think about it. like if the disciples, if Jesus had the capability of using technology back then, don't you think that they would use it? And like now we're here and just because like, and, and again, I mentioned this too, like my church that I'm listening to virtually now that they're back into a in-person basis, they asked the virtual platform, how can we continue to keep you in, in, in this community? I have, I've tithed once since going to this church in six months. To me, that felt like this was not about money. And that was the first yeah. time in the, in my church, church life, a feeling that this was not about money. They asked me, how can we keep you here? And I was like, you're in Texas. I'm in Maryland. Why do you care about me? Why do you care about me? I don't understand. So what you're saying is that there are people on the other side of that computer screen that are invested in who you are instead of what you can contribute to their organization. Especially in Texas. I'm shocked. Yeah. (laughs) All I know about Texas is it's red and it's about cowboys. Both are enemies to me. I'm just kidding. Bring bring it back in. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Since I kind of took over the, the what's next or what did you learn? Um, Misty is next or Phil, you want to flip? Yeah. So if I go to left or right, so in the, right, right where I'm sitting, I was in the middle of Craig and Misty. So that was perfect. So let me ask Misty. (laughs) I'm really not, but Misty, uh, what about about yourself? Oh yeah. Yeah. The, uh, honestly, the biggest thing that I've learned is that, um, God, it's freeing. My relationship with whatever higher power is out there is so much better now that I don't have an obligation to people to justify it. I don't have to show up at a certain time at a certain place and perform a certain operation and give a certain amount of money to be loved and appreciated and full Mm. so yeah so craig and i have conversations occasionally about religion not super often but we do um i find most of my inspiration and spirituality and connection with a higher power when i'm out hiking and alone and not with other people directly um I find that connection with going to breakfast on a Sunday morning and, and tipping the server, you know, generously to make someone else's day. Um, it, yeah. <laughs> it's just a different way of giving and a different way of connecting. I know she's being really deep right now, but honestly, we have actually turned our tithing into that. We have turned our tithing into going out and eating and, and there's been times where we've tipped 60, 70%, just because we want to give that money back to someone in a caring way. And not that we have it to give, but we would have been giving it in some way otherwise, if we were in a church building and, and you know, it's, it's, it's nice to feel that connection. Feels great. (laughs) Um, And again, like doing that, at least, you know, where it's going, you know, because you see the reaction sometimes, um, and then sometimes when you go to a church, you don't really know where it's going unless the no, church that's a whole goes. other conversation. Well, yeah, or you do other. know where it's going and it's not okay. <laughs> yeah, one of the two. So yeah, I've been to many of my pastors' houses and they are very nice. So <laughs> I'm good for it. Some of them have convertibles. Um, so uh, <laughs> Phil, if we can ask you, Phil, what have you learned since leaving the church building? <laughs> well. Um, I've been thinking about it since I got to go last. So, um, <laughs> so I've learned to have empathy, which you would think going to church would teach you that. But like even Misty brought it up, or like, or it was maybe Steve who said, like, you know, when someone stands up in church and says something that they don't agree, you know, then that we go, they don't have the right, they should stand up. Like, what? Um, 
like you always want to judge that person for doing something out of the ordinary or something like that. Um, I've learned to just have empathy, like stepping in other people's shoes and understanding where they're coming from. You don't learn that aspect and they, they kind of do by like convicting you to go on like a mission strip and showing you a really sad video of some poor children because that always gets us going. So I've learned how to, it's just, you know, so I've learned how to be empathetic, which is, I, I thought I always had, but like, it was a very selfish empathy. It was only to favor, you know, myself. Um, I've learned to actually have joy without a constant feeling of guilt um, because church would often be a, you know, every Sunday it's, you know, if it's not the like fluffy sermon of just like, you know, an altar call kind of thing where we hear, you know, every few Sundays, like the more convicting ones are like, you know, you're not tithing. If you're not tithing this much, you're, you know, you're losing out on all these blessings. And then, um, <laughs> if, you know, you've probably been looking at some porn, so you need to feel really bad about this this week. There's this like constant every week. There's something new for you to just like, Ooh, oh, I'm horrible. I need to just like fall on my knees every day. And just like this constant, like, there was, I never felt like I had enough time to bask in the joy that I had of my relationship with God. It was always like, it was, what's the next thing for me to feel guilty about to work on? Because, you know, I'm a sinner and I just, I'm just a piece of shit. Yeah. So let's, what do I do next? Um, and that's what church ended up feeling like over and over. Just come back every week, check in, make sure you're tithing. And now we're going to guilt trip you a little bit and <laughs> make you feel more guilty that you're not serving more. All the, And it was just... Um, is very toxic. And I just, and now that I've left that, it's like, wow, this is what joy feels like. This is what basking in God's like kind of joy. When he, when you have a time when you, you know, I gave a few bucks to somebody that was asking for money on the side of the corner, you know, on the street corner. And I'm like, I hope I really helped that person. I didn't just immediately go, Hmm, he's probably going to buy drugs with it. So why bother? Like, I don't know this person, like in like you guys like tipping, like I've also been doing this. I direct my ties to actual people I meet that can benefit them. Um, and it's actually been a lot more, I think, productive and helps people <laughs> in the long run. And I know churches do help people, you know, they do have those outreaches and stuff like that too. So, um, and just being able to, you know, freely question and go through this process at my own pace which is i think is very important that churches don't encourage is going through doubts at your own pace they kind of want you to get through it a little bit quicker than you want to sometimes yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah, never there's definitely no safe space at most churches yeah because your prayer group ends up usually turning into a gossip session which i i have a lot of trauma with prayer because like when i try to join this mission this missions thing I was doing or a ministry I was trying to do um, a couple of years ago and it's about a year ago now they would do these like big prayer things. We all start praying at the end of this meeting and stuff. And like, I would never feel like praying. It was like a popcorn thing. And they kind of approached like, Philly, we just don't see you praying, you know, in public a lot. I was like, well, I used to get like um, told, like I need to stop dating girls and stuff in high school. Like it would be like this pile on Phil fest during the prayer time. Like, Oh, we pray for Phil. I know he's been, idolizing women and all that like it was really odd like passive aggressive stuff so like it's that kind of stuff that like um my prayer life is feels productive it feels beneficial to me and god and it's not to kind of divulge these doubts and sins to someone else that's listening because i always feel like there's a little bit of that they kind of want to just hear where you're at through your prayer and it's always kind of a we say it's a private and it's important to have your own time, but they really want you to do it at church because <laughs> and, and, and vocally and out loud. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So that or was very long winded. Or yeah. on the connection card and you'll never actually hear from them. Uh, <laughs> but no, I think, I think the listeners can probably hear us. Like we all like miss, we all do. And, and if, no one does please say but we all do miss the community of the church mm -hmm. we all enjoy yeah, the aspect right, of church we're not trying to say again f the church completely like we all miss that aspect of community in the church i think we all just wish that the church would listen and hear that people are really suffering and hurting from the church's actions or sometimes lack of actions um 
there's a lot that the church is just messing up on and we just miss it. Um, and we just wish that we were heard and, and things would drastically change or completely just dismantle in a way just to reestablish, to be able to find again, just the authentic love of Christ. And again, when I wrote my letter to the pastor of the church, we were leaving. I said, the reason why we're leaving is because we felt like the church was losing that authentic, uh, love of what the church used to be. Um, and that, to, again, I think we all at one point probably felt that of the love of Christ. And then as we see that politics kind of came in and kind of took over a lot of things within the church, it kind of, it just sucked it in and just absorbed it. Um, I just want, I want to yeah. leave like a little tag at the end of some of that too. Of like, yeah. if you're questioning the church you're in now, like this is like a kind of a call to people who are listening and you guys can reach out to us too. At, we'll usually tag our socials and stuff. Um, like if you're questioning the church you're in that you don't feel like it's the right place for you, but you still feel like your walk with God is very vital and like you want to continue that, but you're just not sure this place. Don't equate your relationship with God to the church you're in. It They don't have to go hand in hand. Yeah. And if you feel oh, like perfect. you need to step 100%. back, yep. if you feel like you need to step back, to reevaluate what church needs to be for you do it like it's going to be so like yes there's going to be some um some pushback from people there they're going to kind of reach out like hey look where you been and all that like and you can let them down like hey i'm just going through some things i need to take some time and they're really going to push you to like well like yeah but don't they want you to stay in the church because that's they're going to keep the influence um and it's important for them to keep their tithe income and their their serve their servers and all that stuff people who are doing that um but don't feel like your relationship with god is more vital than your tie than your what you do at the church weekly that that church will find a new person eventually <laughs> like the the church will stay where it's at like the church isn't going anywhere yeah. um yeah. it might but there's always another church to replace it so yeah exactly. uh, I, just, I just i i had to make that decision of like my relationship with god is more important than my connection to this church or my attendance to this church. So, or, or, or not even just the church, my relationship with my family or my relationship with my friends and and my, or myself is more important than attending this church. That's taking everything out of me. Um, That's a good point. That was a good point though. That was a good. Yeah. I just, I always want to prioritize your own personal relationship with God over other people's. And then when you have the ability to help other people's relationship with God, then that's when you take that time to do that. Like, yep. don't feel like you have to also help other people's walks when they're struggling. Like if you got you, your mental space is all tied up with your own thing, just respect like, Hey, like I've got a lot going on. Like, like maybe like push them to someone who can help them. Um, yep. So yeah, just, and yeah, reach out to us. Like I, I'm definitely willing to help talk to people who are, thinking about leaving and what the, what that looks like and yeah it's, it's scary yeah, it's scary it's a think about leaving the community like we we've always reiterated that we miss the community and it is tough to think like what what is my life outside of a church <laughs> you know because we do put basically i i mean i put about you know probably 50 to 60 percent of my life into church you know was just what i did there and then the other half was work and you know, stuff with my wife and stuff. So like I had to figure out what's my, what am I going to fill that 60 to 50% of my life with now that I'm gone. So, yep. I mean, to be, to be fully transparent and we all agree, like, I think that's the biggest thing, uh, in, in the church is to be fully transparent. Um, it's not easy. Like it's not easy to leave your comfort of anything, especially leave the comfort of the church. Because again, you have the family, you have the friends, you have your own personal ties that are so tied within that, Mm-hmm. Um, but to leave sometimes, even just to take a break, if you're going kind of what Phil was saying, just, uh, you're going through something, just need to take a break. Sometimes it's worth that. If it's just to take a break, to go to therapy, to kind of discuss what you're going through, like it's so worth it. And then let's say you can't get a therapist and you need to talk to someone. There's a lot of groups. If it's not even just us, like look on Instagram, just type in the hashtag deconstructing. You could find a podcast or somebody, a therapist that understands how to talk to you where you need to be met. Um, so please just reach out to anybody because it, it really is sometimes beneficial just to sometimes walk away for a second, take a breath and then come back. Um, yeah, thank the you. For- 
I was gonna say the deconstructing community has really um, adopted the social media aspect of community and it's yeah. everywhere. So like you guys will 100% be able to find a space that's going to be able to help. Um, I've found probably three or four new ones this week of people that are just like, I'm here to help. I've yeah. got a discord. I've got this. I got all these things that if you need to reach out. So yeah. if you need a place to start uh, the uh, new evangelical um, Facebook group or Instagram, um, they have a podcast as well. That's a good place to start. That's where I started. It's where I started to see that I was not alone. That's the biggest thing is people sometimes mm. feel alone. I did not feel alone once I went there. Uh, but thank you all for listening to our rants, our discussion on the church. Um, I'm sure we can discuss this even longer um, because again, the church is a huge topic, but just was just a, a snippet of what we all kind of just wanted to discuss a little bit about the church. So thank you for joining. Um, stay tuned. Where can for they more. find us, Stephen? Oh, hey, if you want to find us, you can find us on Instagram at Meet Me at the Table Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, just search our name or anywhere you listen on podcasts. Again, just search Meet Me at the Table Podcast. Uh, you'll find us there. And again, you can just look for one of our names on one of our uh, one of our posts. Uh, our own personal accounts will be there as well. Um, again, thanks also, for we'll so put, much listening. Yeah, we'll put our links and everything into the notes too, where people can get a hold of us if they need to, emails and stuff like that too. So. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Thank you all. Okay. Yep. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. See you guys.